0: Welcome to Lyme Dialogues, the podcast about Lyme disease. My name is Angela Knight. I'm a journalist and I'll be speaking to Lyme patients about their symptoms and how the disease has affected their lives. Today I'm speaking to the award-winning landscape architect and broadcaster, Bunny Guinness. For over 30 years she has worked in landscape design, winning six gold medals at the Chelsea Flower Show and she is also commissioned to design gardens around the world. Bunny presents television gardening programmes and is a regular panellist on BBC Radio 4's Gardener's Question Time. She also writes for magazines and newspapers and has a regular column in the Sunday Telegraph. Bunny is currently having treatment for Lyme disease. to lime dialogues bunny especially as you've just had a cataract operation on your eye only 2 days ago yeah
1: the day before yesterday yeah my second day it's amazing i recommend it to anyone who's got dreadful sight that's fantastic so was it lime related well um they put me on steroids for ages when they were they were saying it wasn't lime two consultants said it's not definitely not lime me on lots of steroids because they said they thought i had polymyalgia rheumatica the first one then they thought i had um, vasculitis and all sorts of things and so they kept bumping up the steroids and apparently steroids do induce cataracts but it got so bad i couldn't drive even with glasses or lenses or anything it's just wonderful what they can do with your eyes there i don't think i will ever know if what i had was lying to be honest i did have a positive test from the german place but i they are not a hundred percent accurate i did have the red circle on my leg that's you know fairly typical of it And then I did have, later on, I had these bouts of very high temperature, very tired, resting pulse of 100, and and I've always been pretty fit. Um, I had three bouts of those, and all the rheumatologists said, no, no, I just um, thought it was some sort of inflammatory thing. I mean, there are 80 different types of inflammatory diseases, aren't there? And lots of these viruses, I think, possibly trigger them. So... I don't know. I never will know, I don't think. And we always expect to be able to identify everything that goes wrong with our bodies. And I mean, we've gone a long way, but we're not pitch perfect. I mean, never, ever will be, I don't think. There'll be more things that will come along that will beat us, but we expect someone will be able to sort it and cure us, don't we? Well, you had symptoms, but were you diagnosed quickly? No, no. So I went to my GP and uh, it was an F2 student, I think, is it the doctors in their sort of second year. And he said it was a relation of Lyme, but not actually Lyme. Uh, but he thought it was a relation of Lyme. But I've subsequently found out that very few doctors have actually seen this round ring and you know it was good as looking it up on the internet uh, as a doctor saying whether it is or not to be honest and um, my son who's now a medic after I had all this said that you know when he was doing his GP bit if someone came in with that sort of symptom they would have just put them on immediately on the antibiotic treatment so is it a three-week course or something but I didn't have that I did actually when I went to Brakespear and she sent the test off, and she said I had Lyme disease. She then put me on the three-month penicillin. So you have two different types, and so you rotate them. So I had that. And then I had the hot heat treatment. You know, you go on this bed, and they heat you right up with your heart monitored. The thought being that it sort of sweats the virus out of you. And they put me on a special diet. And I spent quite a lot of money and I felt even worse <laughs> at the end of that. And so I just thought, I'm going to try something else and left. Yeah. <laughs> I suddenly found someone that spent far more than I did and that did no good to him either. But anyway, other people probably had more positive experience of there, but uh,
0: mine certainly wasn't. That's the complexity of the illness, isn't it? You, know, you can spend an awful lot of money and it doesn't necessarily cure you. But you did then have treatment at Adenbrook's, didn't you?
1: Well, finally, then I went back to my GP and I was thinking, um, asking what I could possibly do because I could hardly get out of the bath. I was incredibly stiff. My inflammatory indices were still sort of in the hundreds. And it's not good for your body. I mean, they should be single figures, shouldn't they? your CRP and your ESR? and they were in the hundreds. And it's not good for your body to run with those high inflammation levels for long periods, I understand. And my GP was really helpful then. This was not the F2 doctor, this was the guy who runs one of the main guys in the practice. And um, he got me onto to which took a bit of time. Mm. And it was Dr. Frances Hall, who's a lovely lady. And she was just so helpful. She did exhaustive tests on me she sent off various tests for Lyme again but we couldn't trace it she even tried getting the fluid from my knees to see if that had any Aspiroceps or anything in them um, and she's not convinced that I have had Lyme she keeps an open mind she's a very open-minded consultant and she put me on one of these TNF drugs they're basically help, help inflammation or autoimmune diseases. And the one I'm on is Benipali. And it's, you have to go through quite a few loops to get on it, um, on the NHS, because it is an extraordinarily expensive drug. Someone said £2,000 a, a, a shot, but I'm not sure. I think it's come down in price now because I think maybe it's out of patent. But I inject it to myself weekly. And it's certainly eased up my stiffness no end. I still am a little bit stiff. That's good. Um, and it's certainly completely brought down my inflammatory indices to quite low levels, normal levels, in fact. So I feel a completely different person. I can't only sing their praises, really. The National Health have come up trumps in the end. And I don't like being on a drug, and it does have side effects. Um, you know, I think you have an increased risk of cancer or something, but it's quite low. But obviously, everyone would be prefer to be off drugs if you could. But you just have to decide on what can give you a good quality of life if you're lucky enough to be able to have that option, really. Yes. And um, amazingly, I know quite a few people on this now. I think this autoimmune inflammation problem is absolutely rife. And I think it is, isn't it, the second biggest thing after cancer? Yes, And my insurers, you know, they were fine when I had my large rheumatica ostensibly or something like that. They would pay your medical fees. But as soon as it was diagnosed as Lyme, because that's classified as a chronic disease, and a chronic disease is apparently one that lasts more than five years, then your insurance is not valid. Yes. So yeah. um,
0: that's <laughs> catch- that's a good way. Good that's a good way for the health insurance companies to wriggle out of paying for treatment. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
1: You have to read your policy carefully. I think. Yeah. Um, I I hope I will be able to get it, off it one day, the apparently, um, but I'm not sure I will to be honest
0: gosh sure um you've also had gut issues as well haven't you
1: yes which I is mean, not I
0: had, unusual
1: no exactly so I, they sent one of those cameras down you or up you. I can't remember which way it went um to photograph your gut and I had some leaking bits in my gut and that is I think that's fairly typical with inflammation isn't it or it can be yes. and I mean I did things like the raw diet. I did that for about nine months, but it really made no difference at all. But I am now on a gluten-free and lactose free diet because people say they do exacerbate inflammation. But I am wondering whether to come off that. I'm just trying to get a really good, healthy gut. And so I have lots of kefir and raw cider vinegar and things like that, just to try and boost my gut system after that massive doses of penicillin which I had for the three months. Mm-hmm. A very varied diet I think that is one of the most important things isn't it for your gut biome is to have a really varied diet and mm-hmm. as much sort of unprocessed food as possible mm-hmm. and also for ankylosing spondylitis, which is another thing I've been diagnosed with they say very low carbs because yeah. it affects the microbiome of the lower gut and if you have very low carbohydrates, that can really help. That so, um, I'm a bit of a diet freak, I suppose.
0: And also, low sugar is supposed to be better. Oh, yeah. But I find that low really sugar. difficult.
1: Do you? I mean, yes. low sugar is probably the most boost to inflammation, isn't it? And yes. why? Why do you find it difficult? Because you have a sweet tooth.
0: Yes. So I can give it yes. up, but then I get cravings. So it's hopeless.
1: Yeah. And they say you, if you give up sweet things, you you lose the cravings, but. I still crave, desperately crave sugar, yeah, chocolate
0: particularly. So do you feel that you're making progress then? It sounds to me as if you feel a bit more positive about being ill.
1: Um, Yes, I'm much more positive, really. I mean, if I go have a day in the garden, I can spend six, seven hours in the garden out on my feet with rests in between, you know, like I sit down and say seeds or something like that, which is a big improvement for me. Uh, I used to be able to pick up a sheep we have a tiny farm here when I was really ill I could hardly pick up a jack russell but now I could probably pick up a small sheep (laughs) so I get much stronger (laughs) because steroids again they reduce your amount of muscle don't they they eat into your muscles so I'm really trying to increase my muscle tone And and I mean throughout everything I try and do a good 45 minutes in the gym a day except when I really had no energy at all so I, I just think that's so important and for inflammation isn't it exercise is mm. really good for inflammation and mm-hmm. you can't say I haven't tried and I'm feeling much better
0: yeah oh, definitely. I'm great. feeling
1: more positive I've got my mojo back again so yeah, I'm extremely grateful for adding books I have to say
0: yeah well you come from a green-fingered family and you've said that gardening energizes me even when I'm exhausted and you're obviously a great multitasker. So has Lyme affected your work?
1: Well, when you have your own business, you cannot really stop. So at my worst point when I was with a you know, resting pulse for 100, I would sort of stagger through the office in the morning, go to bed at lunchtime and stagger that out of the afternoon. So I don't think it's given me brain fog at all, which a lot of people speak of. I mean, maybe it has, but I haven't recognised it, but I've still been doing regardless, question time, you know, when you're asked things off the cuff. And I have memory lapses, but everybody does, you know, I've never had the hottest memory on the blocks anyway. I don't think it has really, I've, I've really, really enjoyed my work because I think if I hadn't had my work, getting through all this, I think would be much more difficult, but because I've had exciting jobs, we had a lovely job working with um, Horatio's garden, at Elspethystry Hospital, where they have a spinal unit. The Horatio's charity, which is amazing, run by Living Chapel, who's also been infected with Lyme twice. She's a doctor and she caught it and took the, the antibiotic, didn't work, so she had to take a second dose because mm-hmm. she lives down in the sort of Southampton, Eve area. Uh, and that, that's been a fascinating, thing there, because you've got these, these really ill spinal unit patients creating a garden for them, which really changes their life because they're there sometimes for up to two years and they're stuck in these wards but if you create a garden that they can reel the beds out into and grow vegetables and we put a greenhouse and water you really see how lucky you are when you realize some of the awful interests that they have there and how they can be completely life-changing.
0: Well gardening is therapeutic but then on the other hand you encounter ticks. Do you think generally the public are aware of this danger?
1: They're becoming increasingly so, but it's so not ingrained in our nature to go out on a summer's day and to put on leg coverings. You know, we don't get a lot of sun here apart from the summer. And, you know, when it's sunny, we love to sort of wear glimpses or something and bare legs and shorts. And so it seems such a shame to cover up your legs. But, you know, when I was working with a couple of Americans last summer... They wouldn't even sit on a lawn in America without a rug or something because of the tick problem, you know, because it's more endemic there. It was second nature to them. And one had had it twice and the other had it once. I mean, it really seems to be far more common there. So I think... A lot of people say, oh, stuff it, I don't care, I'm going to go bare-legged, it's so lovely. But I think once you've had it once, you certainly wouldn't go bare-legged again, to be honest.
0: No, I wear Uh, wellies all through the year. In the garden, what about on the lawn,
1: though? What would you wear if you are on the lawn in your garden? Well, this week it's been flip-flops. On a hot summer's day, Yes, you wear flip-flops, you see. And and I don't think the ticks are necessarily in short grass, are they? But although the Americans said they would not sit on the lawn without a rug, which Mm. made me wonder...
0: You have to manage your gardens, don't you? Keep the grass down, tidy up the leaves to discourage ticks. Which is
1: exact opposite of all the sort of wildlife movement, where we're saying um, you should be more relaxed, you should leave some leaves for the hedgehogs to go in. Um, leave the grass longer, uh, let the wild insects and things come along. So that's very much at odds with that, isn't it? Yes, very much. But I think no wonder people are confused, really. And now with the coronavirus, I think probably Lyme has, I think, taken a bit of a back seat, hasn't it? People are really worried about that one, and they do what they're told with that with the mask, pretty much. But I think Lyme has sort of gone back, really. And so people aren't so conscious of what they should or shouldn't be doing because it's not the biggest thing that they think is going to hit them, perhaps. Mm. I don't know.
0: My view is that Lyme has always been on the back seat. And I'm hoping that when the pandemic has died down, that Lyme disease will come into the front seat.
1: Yes, and then maybe with having found an injection for that, they might find one for Lyme, I don't know. Of all the people you've spoken to, what do you think is the most effective, who do you think has gone down the most sensible, positive route for sorting it? Because you've spoken to so many people, Mm. what do you think is the best
0: solution well, I talked to James Dellingpole last and he had discovered the Ray Perrin technique, which is a sort of physiotherapy treatment.
1: I heard that interview, it was a lovely interview, but I wasn't a hundred percent convinced. Because he has tried several different systems, and when he did the uh, what was on when they inject the tissue, Stelthem treatment, Steltherm treatment. See, I thought that was really extreme. Method to take, and I don't think he's convinced that that did. And he doesn't know whether it did any good or not, did he? And he's now having this cranial type physiotherapy for some time, hasn't he? And he says it's very slow. But I, were you convinced, would you go down that route?
0: I would definitely I, I try wasn't it. Convinced that I, would. I would definitely would. try it. Yes, I do think just from observation that if you have stem cell treatment, the younger you are, the more chance you have of a recovery. That's what it seems to me. Hmm.
1: When I mentioned it to my son He said you must be absolutely Mm. barking Mm. Um, He said you would only do that In case of life or death There's an awful lot of things That aren't good about it Mm. And he completely dissuaded me From the stem cell treatment But that was from the medics' point of view, And maybe they're given a very focused Traditional view on the research on it I don't know But they did put me right off that Well your your son is a G has he seen many cases no you know he just did a period as a GP when he was training you have to a bit of everything uh, and when he was qualified but no his specialism is now in anaesthetics but he did see one or two cases when he did his GP
0: stint yeah because that's what we want doctors who can recognize the symptoms and fast track patients for treatment but it is quite difficult because once the round
1: circle comes up the window for the test being positive is very, very short, isn't it? It has to be done within days of that, because if you don't treat it within days of that period, the antibiotic doesn't have the effect. Is that right?
0: Yes. You don't necessarily have to have a rash either to have Lyme disease. No. Mm. no. You were asking me about, about treatments. And for me, what worked for me was herbal therapy. And people that I've interviewed, it's helped them a lot.
1: Yes. And do you think you are totally free of it now? Have you?
0: Personally, I don't think you're ever free of it, but I think you can manage it. And I am managing really well, apart from the odd chronic fatigue where I have to sleep in the afternoon. So it's just managing that. So I'm one of the lucky ones, really.
1: So how often will you
0: get chronic fatigue? Well, I haven't had a sleep this afternoon, so that's good. Yes. But it's not unusual so to feel absolutely. You know exhausted and i have to go and revive and it takes an hour or two before i can face the world again
1: yes if i can and i'm working from home i do try and do 20 minutes after lunch as a general thing because I Mm. think that really does pick you up no end and I think if I had lime or not I would still try and do that as you get older I think it's just quite energising to have that in the middle of day and it makes you be able to go on for longer doesn't it yes and that's Churchill's thing isn't it
0: (laughs) that and champagne (laughs) oh
1: right champagne yeah I don't
0: find that so good actually
1: I find that really makes me sleepy sadly so do you have have you been tested for the spire keeps you think you've still got spire keeps within you do you and, and the last
0: you don't think you're ever rid of it: is that I don't think you're ever rid of it. I think it goes and hides. And the last time I had a test which went to Germany was three years ago. I was first diagnosed 22 years ago with an NHS test, which is extraordinary. Yes. But because I kept going yeah. down with shingles, I thought, I think i better have another test and see whether I've still got it, and I had I had active Borrelia plus lots of other coinfections. And a virus.
1: Right.
0: And the last one, two or three years ago, what, what was that? It was with Armin Labs in Germany. Yes. And so it was positive or negative? Oh, positive. Yes. It positive. Was positive. Oh, so right. Yeah. Gosh. So then yeah. I thought, what on earth am I going to do? Because it's very much DIY, in my view. <laughs> yeah. Who do you turn to? And I was advised yeah. to take either antibiotics or herbal treatment and I thought well I can control it myself if I go down that route and follow a herbal protocol and after I think it was a month yes after a month my chronic fatigue disappeared and I just was absolutely amazed and then I was told you must carry on for six months keep taking this treatment
1: so really and so you did that and you after six months and now would you say you feel a lot better
0: Oh, yes, I do feel a lot better, but I do find that it comes back, you know. So I have to be very careful not to have any stress Stress. and try to manage any work. And I'm okay, really. Yeah. Mm,
1: Gosh, that's impressive.
0: And so, can I ask who recommended the herbal protocol? Armin.
1: It was but, Armin. They actually recommend one, do they? Yes. You have to so go over there.
0: No, I didn't go over there at all. But he theoretically recommended the herbal protocol to combat the virus and then to counteract the bacteria. And that's what I did. Hmm. Interesting. So is there anything that you've found that has helped your symptoms, which you'd recommend to others?
1: Well, the person who had given up with the Vakespear, he said what sorted him was this mat. And it sounds sort of like something from Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe or something. But um, it's a mat that you lie on and it sends a
0: low electric current through your body. I've seen something about it, but I haven't ever tried it.
1: Yes, so he said this was amazing and this sort of took him out as long as he did 20 minutes morning and 20 minutes in the evening Mm -hmm. with the mat. And so I did, I invested in this and I do it. And I don't know whether it's because I'm lying down for 20 minutes and lying down for 20 minutes in the evening that it's making me feel better, or if it's really making me better. You see, this is the the problem, isn't it? And the dog certainly loves it. When I'm on it, the dog comes on top as well. And they say that animals do seem to want to lie on it. Um, But it's not particularly pleasing as a human, to be honest. It just you lie there and it's it's fine, but it's not um, particularly positive or negative. So I do that. And I've been doing that for possibly a year and a half or something. I'm the sort of person who will try anything. Yes, And maybe that is a contributing factor to me being better. Interesting. It's not a bed of nails or anything. I haven't tried the bed of nails yet. (laughs) That's next. But I know if I stop the Benapali, I did forget to do it one week. And it came out when I injected it. That was it. And I felt so much better for the next week. And so I rang them up and said, can I, you know, start easing off it? And so I did. But then the symptoms started coming back. So that is obviously the key thing that's keeping my inflammation down. It's stopping my immune system from attacking my body. And it certainly works without a doubt. But
0: for those who don't like drugs, then, you know, that wouldn't work. You're lucky to have a specialist behind you. Do you know what I mean? Someone advising you. Yeah, yeah, I mean,
1: I think many rheumatologists can obviously uh, give you this, provided you go through the hoops, you know, they test your stiffness and things like that. They try on other drugs first, and when they don't work, then they put you on this. So, I mean, it is available, but I think because it's expensive, it's not something that they give out willy-nilly. it like that quite rightly because it's expensive so you need to go through the hoops and there's several of them there's a family of about five of them and well they put you on different ones to see but i know someone who's been on it for as long as it's been out which is something like eight years and it's, it's changed her life you know she was walking really stiffly all her life from about 25 or something and um, now she would probably be 65 and she's had this for the last eight years and it's revolutionized her life. Yeah. So, you know, it does work really well in some cases with this autoimmune problem.
0: Yes. And you were asking me about other people who'd found treatments that were successful. I've just remembered another one. Disulfiram. Yes. Have you heard of that? Disulfiram? No, I remember hearing that on your podcast actually. Uh, yes. There was
1: a lady who had it, wasn't it? The American yes. lady, was that Jenna, right? Jenna. It yeah. used to
0: be given to alcoholics, but they have discovered That's... that for some Lyme patients it has beneficial effects. And certainly for Jenna Lush there, it did work.
1: Right. And were you
0: tempted to go on it after hearing that? Um, no, because I just don't feel like I'm that badly off, really. You know, if, right. I was, okay. if I was hurting, if I was in pain, if I was stiff, I mean, I've had to have two new hips because of my arthritis with the Lyme arthritis. And so yeah. I'm better in that respect. I'm not stiff. And, you know, it's really just chronic fatigue and sometimes brain fog. Right. Oh.
1: And with your knees, do your knees get stiff? Because my one of my knees is the symphony. So you haven't had anything happen to your knees?
0: No, not yet. No, I haven't thankfully. I know it's a very common problem. Yeah. yeah. But I think, Bunny, we're probably going to come to the end of this half an hour, I'm afraid. Well, it's been lovely to chat to you and get some more information online. <laughs> yes, thank you so much for talking to Lime Dialogues and I hope you're driving again soon. Oh, I was driving today. Yeah, oh. I can read... At twenty point
1: five meters, so um, it was fabulous, really fabulous. Because when your eyesight starts to go, you don't realise that actually you are illegal, do you? Because especially with sat nav, uh, you find your way around. And it was only when I went to the optician they said, "My God, you should not be driving." which is really quite frightening. But I mean, I haven't had any crashes, thank goodness. But you only yeah. had the operation two days ago. I know, I know. But immediately you wake up. So I, I got out of the hospital at eleven or something, having had the op at about nine, and they keep you in for a little bit, got out at 11. I had to be driven home because you can't drive straight away. little bit of cloudiness when I woke up. Felt a bit strange. I went out within about, I don't know, about about nine o'clock in the morning, laid out the 20 and a half metre tape from my number plate in the drive, and thought, wow, I can see it. This is amazing. Gosh. So, um, yeah. Very fast. But it takes a month to settle down and it will be more stable. But I mean, to me, it appears perfectly stable now, but um, I'm sure she's right. It will take a month to settle yes. down properly. So
0: mm-hmm. will you be slowing so down a bit? <laughs> you mean my driving? Uh, no, not driving. Work. <laughs> Work-wise. You're so busy. <laughs> no i don't intend to
1: really I do enjoy my work, and um I've always have enjoyed it so I am actually I only working five day a week now before I was ill, I would regularly do six or seven days a week and now i I am pretty strict on five, although sometimes I have to work at the weekend but yeah, yeah. i no I don't really intend to i, I do think slowing down is the um is the beginning of the sticky end in my view I think work is important to keep Um, Everything functioning. I'm a firm believer in that. My father did that, and he was working till he was about ninety. My mother had her own business, and she was she was about eighty-nine, I think, as well. I think um, I like that feeling of being slightly driven. Quite painful.
0: Long may it last, Bunny, you seem to be making really good progress. Let me know Thank how you, you get much. on. You have been
1: a great help. I have to say, my frequent emails over the last few years, and you've always replied with great help and great references and who to call and what to do. So I find it very supportive. Thank you very much indeed.
0: Oh, that's great to the know. The Lime Help
1: Desk, as you are know now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Lovely to speak to you. Take care. Thank you. Okay. Have a bye nice bye. weekend. Thank you. You too. Bye. Thank you, Bunny. I certainly don't mind being called the Lime Help Desk. If you know others who would be interested in Bunny's Lime story, please share this podcast. And if you would like to tell me your Lime story, do contact me via email at limedialogues at gmail.com. Or go to Lime Dialogues on Instagram. That's lime underscore dialogues at Instagram. Thank you for listening to Lime Dialogues. Until next time, take care and goodbye.